we go. That's on. It's working. Come on. I reckon CJ did so well. They almost did too good at that dance. I was like, it must be another Whitaker. Come on, let's open up in prayer and trust God. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. I pray you bless the word, Lord. Even as we're going through your word, we pray, Father God, that your word starts to speak in our lives, Lord, and through our lives, Lord, and that it will become impactful uh, for the kingdom's sake, Father God. Uh, we don't just want to be hearers of the word, but become doers of the word. And so tonight, Father God, I pray that we open our hearts and get ready to receive your word, Father God, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, while you take your seats, look to somebody next to you and say, if it wasn't for those last two tries yesterday. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, Andre, sent to me yesterday because uh, we, 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 he said, just when I thought I was feeling bad about the Springboks, I switched over and got to laugh at Man United, who lost 4-0 to Brenton. <laughs> So uh, I thought that was very good. Come on. Uh, guys, we're in the, um, our second week of our series, which is uh, Words to Live By, which um, we're going through the Word of God. And I encourage you, if you haven't jumped onto the YouVersion Bible app yet, why don't you do that tonight? Do you want to go on? It's not too late. We're going through a reading plan called 40 Days in the Word. And we are really hoping that the Word starts to read your life more than you read it. Uh, that the Word starts to transform and starts to take root in your life and that you'll start to see uh, God almost take effect through everything about your life. And I have no doubt that as you start to do that, God's going to start to use the Word of God uh, in a mighty way in your life. But um, as I was prepping for this sermon, um, the title of the message today is Understanding the Word of God. And so today we're going to be talking about how we understand the Word of God. And I don't know why I got to this analogy, but I was just thinking, have any of you ever uh, lost weight or gained weight before? Come on. Um, have you ever gone through that process where um, as you have lost weight, let's start with the lose weight. It's always a more positive thing. Uh, but as you've, you've lost weight, you've actually realized that your cupboard is full of clothes that no longer fit you anymore. Have anybody ever been there? And what you do then is you go through the process of, of trying to clear out the cupboard. Uh, that, well, that's pretty much my six months uh, ritual is to try and clear out of everything so I can stay light and that I don't feel like I'm collecting and hoarding a lot of things. I personally do it because I just think it's, it's easier to find things when you don't have a lot of stuff to scrummage through. And so um, I was going through this process and I just had this thought as I was doing it the other day is that uh, almost like God gave me, it wasn't a revelation or through the word of God, but he almost said, you know, all of these old clothes in your closet that you're getting rid of is actually a good thing because you're starting to make space for new stuff in your life. And uh, these old clothes, Mary, just take up space and you need to get rid of them so that you can make space for something new. And I believe that God always wants to do something new in our lives. And we need to be able to make room for Him to start doing that in our lives. Uh, God wants us to stop holding on to older things that you no longer use anymore, or older things from your past, or bad habits that you carry along with you. And I think that God wants us to know that we need to learn to let it go. 
whatever that de- the, the hurt is, the unforgiveness, all of that sort of stuff that you carry into your life, that, that we need to learn to let it go. And so in the same way as a clearing out a closet, it's the same way as what I believe the Word of God does for us. It helps us differentiate by what is old and no longer is going to be useful for the future of what God wants to do in your life. But then I had a second thought, and as I was cleaning out this closet, uh, the second thought said that, um, and I think most of you have had this thought before, is as you're cleaning out this closet, right, you start packing out all the clothes you don't longer need anymore. But you have this thought that goes, what if? <laughs> what if I pick up weights again? Then all of these clothes that I've spent all this money on, I'm going to have to go and re-spend money on clothes to buy new clothes So just in case, and I think as Christians, sometimes we can live in that just in case mode. Where God wants to take us to let it go, I want to do something new. We rather hold on to just in case, I'm going to hold on to this. And I think that that, what what you realize is that you've got to learn to let go of the things uh, that God no longer wants to use in your life. And that it's no longer relevant. And so even though uh, you may weigh... I may weigh 69 kilos. How many of you actually believe that? (laughs) I think the best I've ever got into is like 89 kilos. That's like the best I could get to. But the highest I've been is 115. Um, So so trying to get back to 115, I really, in Jesus' name, I hope I never, ever get back there. But I think that this principle that I'm trying to illustrate was actually something that God actually spoke about to the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 7. And so this this evening I want to point out a principle in the Bible about learning to let go of the old things so that you can start to move for the things that God wants to do in your life. And so if you follow with me, we're going to be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 7 and we're reading from verses 1 and I'm going to quickly just point out um, a few principles out of this. So the first thing it says here... I'm reading from the NIV. It says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, you are entering in to possess. Now, we're going to stop there for a moment. Let's just stop there for a minute because God is saying to them, I want to take you to something new. Okay, I'm trying to bless you with something new. God's saying, I'm trying to bring you into a new land. This is what he's telling the Israelites, right? But let's continue to read from verses 1. It says, and then God says, I'll drive out before you any nations, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Prezesites, the Hevites, the Jebusites, the uh, Termites, no, it's not in there, but uh, the seven nations and larger than what you are. And God is saying to them, I am about to give you something new. I want to give you something new. And in the process, I'm going to help you drive this out of your life. And so from verses 2, it goes on to say, And when the Lord your God has delivered you over to them, and you've defeated them, you must destroy them totally. Look to the person next to you and say, destroy them totally. Make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. Do not intermarry with them. Do not uh, give your daughters to their sons to take their daughters for your sons, for they will turn your children away from following me to serve other gods. And the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly be destroyed. So here we see that God gave the nation of Israel a clear instruction. 
Whenever you are going into this new place I'm about to bless you in, I'm about to walk with you in, completely separate yourselves and detach yourselves from whatever's going to draw you back into the old life. How many of us struggle to detach ourselves from our old lives? Hey, habits. We get stuck in habits. And we, we really struggle to detach ourselves and separate ourselves. And it's almost like that's the devil's scheme. If he can just get you to go back in life. If you can just think of the good old days. If you can just think of behind. You'll never think of what God's taking you to. And I, I want you to completely destroy the nations is what God told him. Because if you don't, they will pull you backwards to a place that I've previously delivered you from. I don't know if I'm talking to you, but I know I'm talking to myself that I find that sometimes when I'm not in the word of God, I could be pulled quite easily backwards, backwards into my old way of thinking, backwards into my old quick anger, backwards into uh, offense, backwards into any sort of depressional thoughts. You know when I need to check when I'm in those moments is that I'm not in the word of God because God is a forward momentum moving God. He's a God that's taking you into new things. And I believe that the word of God directs us forward rather delivers us from what's come. So I just want to quickly go, let's see if the, Israel, the nation of Israel actually obeyed. How many of you believe they obeyed? Well, we'll see. Take a look at the person next to you and put 50 bucks on it. No, I'm joking. We don't gamble in church. <laughs> We're reading from Judges chapter 1 verse 21. It's on the screen. and says, the tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people living in Bethshan. Tanakh, Dor, Ibrahim, Megiddo, and all the other surrounding settlements because the Canaanites were determined to stay in the region. So the Canaanites were there and they said, we ain't going. And the Israelites said, oh, well, okay, you can stay. And they, they compromised with allowing these guys. They didn't follow what God's command. They disobeyed what God asked them to do. And let's go on from Judges chapter one, verse 29, because I need to get to my point here on this. The tribe of Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites living in Gezer so that the Canaanites continued to live there amongst them. Judges chapter one, verses 30. The tribe of Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Ketron and Nahalol so that the Canaanites continued to live among them. But the Canaanites were forced to work as slaves. But hold on, just wait a second. Didn't God say don't make an agreement with them? Didn't God say, don't make any treaties with them? The Israelites didn't think that that was important, to listen to what God was commanding them, directly, directing them. Judges chapter 1, verse 31 says, and the tribe of Asher failed to drive out the residents. I don't know about you, but I can see a pattern continue here. God is saying, I'm trying to move you forward, but you're continuously not letting go of the old to move to where I need to take you to. God is trying to move us forward into an intimacy with him he's trying to move us forward into better relationships with our spouses and our kids and our families and our churches and our jobs he's trying to move us into a better place but too many times we get caught on just going back to our old ways but yet holding on to those things don't allow you to actually move forward where God wants you to move forward so how do you get around that 
well, I really want to cover tonight. I really believe that the Word of God is a tool. It is a sword. The Bible talks about it as a weapon that helps you cut these things and move forward. Uh, many of us know what the past looks like in our lives, right? But a lot of us, we're in no man's territory, almost like in the wilderness, like Israelites, because we're uncertain about the future. And so when you're uncertain about the future, you need to understand that God already knows your future and you can meet him there as you take steps forward. But you can't continue to serve God doing the things that you used to do. And so Joshua was actually the person that takes, that takes the lead from Moses and heads the Israelites into the promised land. Now, the thing that I want you to get you is we've all probably got the scripture all pinned up on our, on our fridges and on our daily diaries and at work. And you've probably heard the scripture a million times. It says, be courageous. Do not be of dismay for wherever you go, I go with you. That was God's promise to Joshua, right? In Joshua chapter one, verses seven. But I, wanted to, I want to read the whole scripture and read verse 8 for you because this is key for tonight be strong and very courageous be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you do not deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left what does it say then you will be successful in everything you do study this book and, inst uh, and instructions continually meditate on it both day and night so that you uh, be sure to obey everything written in it only then Will you be prosperous and successful? Many of us are looking to be prosperous and successful, but there is one way that God's already given it to us. And it's through the word of God that he's telling us that when you start to actually develop a relationship with God and you start to learn what he's teaching us through this, that he's already directed our steps. And he talks to us through the word of God that this word is a great direction tool. You may look for a GPS to get you somewhere, but if you really want to get to eternity, it's through the word of God. And don't judge my, my Bible by its cover, but rather judge me by the way I live out this Bible in my life. Because that's what God expects us to do, is not to just read the Bible, but allow the Bible to read your life, as Rick Warren says in the 40 days teaching. And so the, in this summary, I just want to sum up, that's my first point. I'm going to contextualize and just sum it up. My first point then for tonight is to close that off, is to make space for something new. Before you prepare to study the Word of God and try and understand the Word of God, you need to, in your heart, already start to make space. You need to look at the things in your life that are not of God, and you need to let those go and make a decision to actually plug in to a relationship with God, plug into the Word, and get the best out of it. You know, Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 17 says this, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I don't know how many of you want to grow your faith. Well, then grow your time in the word of God. Um, and so my second point is how do we do that? And this is a fundamental point. And even if I don't get to the rest of my points, this is one that I learned as a Christian in my walk. Most of you will know that I wasn't always a Christian. I had a very terrible past and things that I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not uh, proud of. But I can tell you what, I look at them now and I know that God's already paid for the guilt. He's paid for the shame because he died on the cross and there is a way for me to follow. And something that I learned through the word of God God was this, that I was used to, when I was a new Christian, got so excited and I was reading everything, but I just started to study the knowledge of the Word of God. But there was a point in my Christian walk where I actually said, I've been there, I've read that scripture, it doesn't work for me anymore. 
I don't know, I'm speaking only to myself. When you read and you go, oh, I just don't know, I just read it, but it doesn't do anything for me. It was only until I realized this point. Number two, that you've got to love the word of God. How do you do that? Well, you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate the word of God in your life. So how did the divine word come to us from the inner being of God? Well, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 6 that God breathed it. Most people think that God inspired man to write scripture. No, that you got it wrong. Theologically, that's incorrect. The correct way to do that is God inspired scripture, full stop. He didn't inspire man to write scripture. God inspired scripture and it was his very breath. And he said it was useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training up in righteousness. We can see that that God is the one that provided the product of the word and it's directly from him. But the process in how he used men to write the word of God, we see in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 21, it says, for the prophecy never came by the will of man but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that actually brings Scripture to life for us. And I just want to remind you that sometimes what happens is we know that God has inspired His Word. We know that the Holy Spirit illuminates it. That in the beginning there, the, when it was written, the Holy Spirit was present. We know that the Holy Spirit it brings it to life because we read that Scripture, that God breathed Scripture. But why do we forget that when we do our quiet times? Why do we forget that in that moment, it's the Holy Spirit who will continue to breathe the word of God through our lives. It'll continue to breathe what he wants to activate in our lives. And that's what we've got to remember is that God is trying to move us into an intimacy with him. This far, the psalm, I almost said the pharmacist. <laughs> the psalmist actually affirms this in the Old Testament through the word of God. And it says it's got some scriptures up there, Psalms. <laughs> 119 verses 105, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a See the scripture, that when, now when you understand that that's the Holy Spirit lighting it up for you, you'll realize that you don't walk this journey alone. I don't know if you felt like you've been alone and you're struggling through this journey, I want to let you you're not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you and he guides you and as you read this and ask him to give you an understanding of what God's trying to say to your life, he'll start to bring it to light. You can see that if later on in verses 130 it says, uh, the unfolding of your word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. Some people think the Bible's so complicated. It's not. It's very simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. We're all trying to sound something, say something profound through it. <laughs> it's already profound. You just need to read it. And so some people go, hey, what's the best version of the Bible? Well, I've got the never incorrect version, which is the NIV, but <laughs> the new Indian version. <laughs> But you know, can I tell you, just so that we, I just want to settle this because you're probably asking, what's the best translation? Can I tell you what it is? There is a best translation. It's the one that you actually live out in your life. It doesn't matter if you're reading the NLT, the NKJV, ASV. It's the one that you're actually going to physically follow. That's the best version of the Bible that you could actually read. Solomon wrote, for the commandments is a lamp and your teaching is a light. And it's reproof for the discipline. Um, so discipline are the way of life. David even wrote that the commandments of the Lord 
is pure and it's enlightening to the eyes. Obviously, God has revealed himself to us. He's inspired his word. Why has he given us the scripture of light? It's because sin causes us to be blind. And your blindness causes you to move backwards to your old ways. But when your eyes are open to the light and you're reading the word, it causes you to move forward in what God wants to do. So the best thing that you can do to understand God's word is to understand that the Holy Spirit is the one that you got. You don't just read it and get the knowledge of it. You pray first and say, God, will you show me today through this word that I'm about to read? Will you reveal your direction and promises for my life? And then you apply that to your life. Um, I bought an inverter recently. <laughs> well, I didn't buy it. Abby bought it, and um, <laughs> it's still not plugged in. Okay. I think we've had it for about two months. So like lo- about a week ago, I thought, I'm going to plug this thing in. I'm going to get all handy. Most of you know me. I can break things very easily, even with an instruction manual. Like, I'm just not that way inclined. And so anyways, I thought this is pretty much, everyone says it's plug and play, our YouTube video, everything. And so I plugged this thing into the wall. And um, yeah, so anyways, long story short, I plugged this thing into the wall and then I touched the battery. Oh my hat. I, I suggest that if you ever want to realize if you are still alive, go do that. It'll make you want to live the rest of your life. It was, I swear, I've never felt something. I swear I was bit by 60 Rottweilers in that moment. Don't touch the battery. (laughs) And so you know what I've done with it is I haven't turned it on. (laughs) Got as far as putting it on the shelf. It's all neatly there. I thought, I'm just going to leave that thing. And so what I'm trying to get to the point is I've got this, you know, all these problems in life like load shedding. I've I've got the solution to it, but I just haven't, it's bitten me. So I've chose now not to turn it on. I've got the solution. It can solve the lighting problem when we need the electricity. I can get it solved. But the problem is now I just, I'm scared of it because it bit me. And sometimes the word of God in Hebrews 4 says that it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes you're going to read it and it's going to feel aina. It's going to come at you and it's going to challenge you. It's going to make you feel like, whoa, is that really me? I'm like, geez, do I have to apply that to my life? It's a double-edged sword. It even says, Leanne was talking this morning about in Ephesians 6, the armor of God, that, that it is the spirit of truth that actually speaks into your life. And so you know that, that, that with the Hebrews 4, where it actually talks about that in 12, it says that it's, it's a double-edged sword, and it's quick, and it's powerful, and it's sharp, and it can remove bone from marrow. Do you know that that's not only theologically there, and it's not only spiritually uh, powerful, that scripture, but it's actually historically factual, because the Israelites used to use a small sword called a mashara. So that's why Goliath would have been taken back by David arriving with a slingshot, and he goes, are you coming at me with sticks and stones am I a dog it's because even to those times they were famous close contact warriors even today if you look at the martial art that the Israelites the, the Israel people still use in the army it's Krach Magar it's close contact they were the best at close contact fighting and this sword was so sharp that it could 
sever bone from marrow, but it was close contact. Why does God call this word of God sharper and close contact? Because the battle's coming today. It's not coming one day. It's not gonna come at you maybe tomorrow. It says that the devil goes around like a roaring lion waiting to devour. So why don't you get out your sword and get ready? Because when you got your sword, you can actually have the truth of God and speak it into your life. This is the best thing for us as Christians, for close combat. There is no other best close combat. It is the Word of God. And so why don't you get out your sword that is the truth, that's going to separate, and sometimes it's going to make you feel anger, but it's going to cut the things that God doesn't want in your life anymore. It's going to remove those things and allow us to move forward. Um, Point three. Um, and I'm, these points hopefully will go a little bit quicker than those, but um, you've got to learn the Word of God. It says that after Jesus was baptized, the Spirit sent him into the desert to be tested. Okay, he was tested. Only, they say that he could have been tested. More theologians say that it could have been a lot more testing, but only three were recorded because they were significant three that were recorded. Okay, but what was Jesus's response at each one of those testings? Says, here's rocks, turn it into bread. And he says, man shall not live, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. Every time the devil came at him, Jesus came back with, it is written. You know why? Because Jesus had the scriptures hidden in his heart because he knew the enemy's defenses would come up to nothing when he had the word of God, the sword of truth to come back at the devil. And you see, people who love God don't read the Bible, they let the Bible read them. And so that's the thing is that Jesus was willing to live out the word of God. In James chapter one, verses 22, it actually says that don't merely be hearers of the word of God, but we actually make it applicable in your life. There's power. He says, otherwise you're like a person who looks in a mirror, you walk away and you forget what you look like. But actually, that's what's so powerful about this is that when you put it and hide it in your heart, God starts to transform your life. I love the scripture in Psalms chapter 119, verses 9 to 11. I'm putting it up. A lot of my points have taken from Leanne's message this morning just because it was way better than mine. <laughs> but, um, uh, but it says in the scripture in Psalms 119, that's it said, um, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? Is it up there? By living according to your word, God. I seek you with all my heart and I do not let me stray from your commands because I've hidden them and I've hidden that word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So many of us are struggling to fight sin, but we're not actually getting the right weapon in place. And so every day, it's so simple. Pray and ask God to reveal something to you. Seek to do this as a relationship building with God. Don't seek to do it to gain knowledge of something. Otherwise, you'll come up with wacky things. I spoke to somebody the other day, and I don't know, I can't even remember his name, but man, I was shocked. He was trying to tell me that Moses was speaking to a burning bush, and it was a dacha bush, and that's why he was like, he was, he was so trippy when he came down and had all these psychedelic. I was like, in that moment, I'm going like, you clearly don't have the Holy Spirit. You know why? 
because unless you have the Spirit of God, you'll never be able to understand God because it's only the Spirit of God who can actually understand God. And so when we read the Word of God with the Spirit, we get a different understanding. We start to learn what God wants to teach us. Point four is live out the Word of God. Live it out in your life. And how do you do that? Well, practice it and preach it. I love, if you, if you want a scripture on how to practice it, yeah. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27 says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and it beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a, that's, that's one of those things that sting you like the battery, like a foolish, am I foolish God? I don't know if I've always put this into practice. I don't know if I actually build a great habit around this. I don't know God, if I'm actually honest with myself, do I put you first? Do I make space in my life? Or do I think about all the things I've got to do in a day before I actually put God first in a day? And do I actually, just as Jesus, you know what I always say, that if you're gonna to go to war, imagine going to war without bullets in your gun. What would be the point? You won't survive. But most of us want to do our prayer life and our devotion life like that. We go, I'll, I'll, I'll squeeze it in sometime on the toilet or <laughs> in traffic or maybe tonight. And maybe we don't do it at all. Jesus had ammo in his gun when he said, it is written. You see, Jesus had already prepared. He had said that he had spent time with God. And when the enemy came, he had nothing on him because he was ready. I want to encourage you. I'm not telling you when to do your quiet time. But if you in the day get attacked by the devil or any sort of enemy that comes at you, whether it's in your thoughts, your mind, your feelings, and it comes at you and you want to get depressed and you feel like everything's coming against you, I want to ask you a question. Have you put bullets in your gun? Have you sat that morning and put the word of God and hidden it in your heart? So I encourage you, the best thing you can do is practice it. Because if you do, we won't apply our lives in foolish ways. We won't slip back into our old habits. And lastly, preach the word of God. My son at the moment, he, man, he knows everything. <laughs> I'm like, do we trying to, um, so he's playing football at the moment and I'm trying to teach him how to tap a ball. It's actually quite cool that as a dad, I'm getting to like, things that I learned, I'm getting to like tap the ball on your knee. And so I'm trying to tempt, but, but he has like stiff knees and he's doing this the whole time. I'm like, no boy, you can't, you gotta like bend your knees. And so we go through it and he goes, why can you do it? And every day he gets fr frustrated and I go, don't worry, practice will make perfect. Just practice it. And so now what I've realized is now he's practicing it often. And now what he's done is he's showing his brother. And in showing his brother, I've seen him go to another whole level. You know, the thing is sometimes we think that we're just gonna practice and keep it to ourselves. The best thing you can do is tell somebody else. Because as you preach it out, it starts to come alive in your, you start to see it from a different perspective. And Romans chapter 10 verses 14 says, now then, can they call on the one they have not believed is, sorry, how then? And this is talking about the unsaved people. How then can they call on the ones that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear 
without someone preaching to them. As you get the Word of God into your life every morning and you go on this daily devotion with us in the 40 days, it's in you version. Don't leave if you want to do it. We'll help you at the next steps area. But I encourage you, as you do this daily, why don't you tell somebody about it? Hey, you know what I read this morning? Or don't even have to tell them about it. If the Bible actually tells you that don't be angry um, and, and you see somebody getting angry, you can say, hey, you know what? Just rather take a chill. Like, relax. It's going to be all right. Let's actually rather be here. Let's stop and think about what's making you angry. Because the Bible actually says that be quick to listen. Hey? And slow to anger. And so you can actually apply that. So let's just, what's making you so angry? And unpack it with somebody. And they actually go, you know what? I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah, maybe you just didn't think it through. You jumped to the conclusion too quickly. But we can live this out in our lives every day. And I encourage you, live out preach the word of God but also practice the word of God in your life um, I'm going to ask it just to um, I'm not, I was going to go into a worship song but I've gone way over time again one minute <laughs> but maybe we could just close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment and I'm going to give you 30 seconds to speak to God tonight and I want you to pray to the Holy Spirit and just pray to God and ask Him what is it that you need to start doing in your life? What is it that you need to stop doing in your life? And what do you need to start applying, a new habit in your life? And I'm gonna give you 30 seconds, and I know it's gonna be a bit awkward, but we'll play the worship in the background slowly, but I'm gonna ask you to speak to God tonight and ask Him for direction. forward, that you have a hope and a future for us, that Lord, you've already told the story from the beginning to the end, and that it's victorious. With you, we can never fail, and we thank you for this. It's only because of your son, that through the sacrifice of sending your one and only son to die for us on the cross, Lord, you made a way for us to come boldly back into the throne room with you, Lord that in any moment we can sit at your feet and ask you, God. We can, we can conversate with you every single day of our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word and the truth that it speaks into our lives, Father God. And we believe it in faith, Lord. Every word spoken, we accept by faith that this is your authoritative word, that it is said. There's nothing more that needs to be said because you have already spoken. The Lion of Judah has roared and you are victorious. And we thank you, Father God, that even in our prayer life, I ask you, God, will you grow our relationship with you as we get into your word, Father God? Will you start to transform us? Will you give us a rhema word, a, a revelation, Father God, uh, of old scriptures confirmed? Will you start to speak prophecies uh, through our lives, Father God? Will you start to, to transform our lives that we become people that are, are on fire for you in a community that seems to be dying, Lord, that we could be a lighthouse, Father God, a light on the hill, Father 
Father God, and that we could be a people that is oil is always filled, Father God, in our lamps, Lord, ready to shine your glory, Father God, to the dying world. And we ask you, Father God, will you continue to work in our lives, Father God, as you draw us closer and closer to you? I don't know, with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is a personal moment and it's probably the, the best moment and I don't want to overlook it. I don't know if you ha- don't have a relationship with Jesus and tonight you're actually going, I, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you to the best relationship you will ever have. And it's so simple. All you got to do is just acknowledge him. He says you can just acknowledge him and accept him into your heart. Jesus died for you as your savior and you don't have to earn anything. You don't have to earn your way to beat sin. He's already conquered it for you. All you can do is receive him. And as you grow in your relationship with him, there will be things that'll start to fall off your life as you start to move forward for the things that he has in store for you. So if you would like that relationship and you are sitting tonight and you would like to just acknowledge what every head is about, please just, I'm gonna ask you just to put up your hand and put it down and then I wanna pray for you. On the count of three, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Two, that whoever believes in him not perish but have eternal life. Three, you can pop your hand up and pop it down. Thank you, thank you. Is there anybody else? Church, why don't we pray together? Lord Jesus, we thank you that through your sacrifice we have victory but more than that we have relationship we thank you God that you love us that you care for us and that nothing can separate us from your love Lord Jesus I want to invite you into my heart will you come into my life change me from the inside out I want to serve you for all my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church. Come on, let's show Dieter some love. I thought it was excellent. Great message. You know, um, this morning, I woke up early just praying, and um, just after my quiet time, just had this picture of massive windows being installed in this house that had these tiny windows just going everywhere and then I prayed and, and like I, then in tonight again I just had these pictures of windows just going and it's actually not normal just even the roof the whole house was just becoming glass and then Dieter said just how God's word shines in and I thought okay that's just I, I mean I feel like God's been speaking to me and I just had the sense that maybe even at work you feel like there's no, there's, it's like almost a darkness. There's maybe interactions, there's no breakthrough. Um, you, you, there's, there's maybe br- um, broken down relationships. And I want to encourage you, even before you go into that meeting, just to find time in space in the office, open up the word, just read it by faith. Say, thank you, God, that your word is a light to my path, a, a, a lamp to my feet. And I also pray that your light will come into this room. And maybe, I really believe that you're going to experience um, maybe in dark places, maybe even there's places of sadness in your life where you just need to, by faith, read the Word. It's like God's going to install windows and light's going to come into that area where you were sad or that business 
maybe you actually don't know the next step and God's just going to give you that idea. But I want to encourage you by faith just to do that. So whatever it is, relationship, business, sadness, depression, I want to encourage you just to do that before you go in. I just had that sense. And just on the series, I think for me the big thing, and, and Dieter spoke so well tonight, is you must remember God's words a seed. Our role is the soil. How do you prepare the soil? The soil's prepared when you check your attitude. If, you are, if your attitude is in a bad place, and maybe you are going to the Word still having not dealt with an offense, um, you potentially are going to be very foolish in the seasons ahead. But if your attitude's good, the, seed, the Word can be planted deep in your heart, and all of a sudden wisdom will come into your life. And so your attitude's key. And if you're struggling in the area of attitude, just start to speak to God about it. Say, God, I've actually been struggling with my attitude. I've actually had a bad attitude, and I don't want to bring that into my quiet time. And, and I just want to have a quiet time with you where my attitude is in a place where I can receive your word and then overflow into the rest of my life. So, uh, but just again, thanks, Dieter. Let's show him some love. That's awesome. Remember, get on to the, the uh, devotional, 40 Days in the Word. Rick Warren's devotional, the reason we chose it, it is practical. It's going to equip you to have a devotional life. Then I want to also encourage you that on this location at 7 p.m. on Wednesday and Thursday, there are view groups available for people who aren't in a group. And then, of course, your location also has groups if you're from any other location. Then, Lucanio, we're having his farewell service on the 28th of August. Lucanio is on our team. He's one of the pastors. Lucania has been sent to become the lead pastor of a church in Peter Maritzburg Cornerstone. He, he will be he'll be the the youngest he'll be our youngest lead pastor I think uh, um, that we've ever had in the AOG. Um, and same as the garden. It's, and, and Graham will sort of be the mentor and, and just care for him. And we've got a plan nationally and then as View Church. But um, he will be across the road from the University of KwaZulu-Natal. And we also believe in it will be a significant church reaching uh, the community and significantly making an impact in that university. And we'll learn a lot about campus ministry from, this, uh, from doing this. But on that night, we actually, he's starting a brand new season. He's, he's going in there. He has to start his life. We are sending him not only with a handshake. Hey, good luck, bro. You know what I mean? We want to bless him. Okay, so if you want to bless the Kanya, you can give him to the count, just reference the Kanya, or come on the night. But my wife and I are going to bless, we're going to bless him, and we're going to send him there blessed. And, and yo, we want to really also thank him. He has been a massive blessing to this church. He is really one of the best young guys I've ever experienced in ministry. He's, he's God's blessed him. He's an awesome young man. And so, so can you join us on that night? Make a, uh, uh, just take it, like, you know, save the date. It's going to be a great time. Let's see, if you are new, go to our, our red banner, our View Church banner, get your coffee if you want to get connected. And then the cards are in the seat cover in front of you. If you want us to pray for you, fill out your prayer request. Let us cover you in prayer or any other needs. Use the card. God bless you guys.